Nothing I enjoy more than being a walking contradiction. Now I'm an atheist with a guilty conscience. You are going to be editing overtime this week. Hello, welcome to How We Saw It Podcast, the show where we take a topic and discuss how it affected our life. This week, our topic is the works of horror movie master Wes Craven. One of the faces of the How We Saw It, Mount Rushmore of Horror. I am Mike, and as always, the Freddy to my nightmare, the horse to my electric chair, Aaron. What's happening, everybody? Hey, if you dig what we're doing, and of course we hope that you do, please leave us a review and then come over to our Facebook group and hang out. We release all of our episode info right there. And if you'd like to check out my blog where I talk politics, go to thevoiceinbetween.wordpress.com. A special shout out to all the new listeners in Chicago. Apparently, about there's about 800 of you. So I'm guessing it's probably a bot, Matt. I'll, I'll take what I could get, though, man. That's a lot of people. Right? You hear that You're from gonna the have, TV? It, yeah, Chicago. We're huge in Chicago now. <laughs> Up your Deep advertising dollars. <laughs> and now it's time for everybody's favorite segment, What's Keeping You Sane? So what's keeping you sane this week? Well, uh, you know, it's funny because anybody that, you know, anybody that follows us knows that uh, we had a few extra days here in between. So I have far more on my list now than I had when we originally recorded this. So uh, buckle in, everybody. Here we go. Uh, there was a show on Shudder called Dead Wax, uh, which, fun fact before I go into this, Mike, did you know that the um, that Dead Wax is what they call that space in between the last song on the vinyl and uh, like where the where the prong comes up through, where huh. you can't record anything? It's called Dead Wax. Like they, wow. they said it in the show, and I was like, I had no fucking idea. I love that term now. What a cool term. Uh, but it, it's about essentially a record that can kill the listener uh, if it's listened to all the way through. All it's like poor hipsters. I know. I know. <laughs> um, it has the same kind of premise as uh, The Ninth Gate in, in, in the sense that instead of collecting old books, uh, it, it deals with people that collect vinyl. Um, and it's about a three records that when played together – can kill can kill the listener because uh the 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 rumor is that uh the person that was recording it was like the 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 best vinyl recorder in in the world and he died as he was recording it and his death is is imprinted on the record that's the that's the, the general premise okay. um it's not a lot of people in it that you would recognize but uh they're short episodes there's like eight or ten of them and the longest one is about 18 minutes. So they're like quick little, you know, one-off episodes that they, it, it's just cool. I, I go, go, go watch. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt about it too. I was like, if this was any longer, I'd probably nope out of it by now, but uh, let's see. Uh, Glow season three mm-hmm. came out. I was, you know, a couple of weeks behind on watching it. Cause we were in the middle of watching other stuff, but I did, did finally get to it. Uh, what a great fucking show. Um, I just, I really like all of the characters. Uh, again, it's, it, I have to ask this. Does that count as a sitcom? A dramedy, maybe? Yeah, okay. Because I was like, God, it, like, it's 30 minutes and like, you know, it's kind of like situational. And I was just concerned that like it had to tick off my list of uh, sitcoms that I actually enjoy. 
Um, I think sitcoms it, have to be three camera though. Oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> All the rules <laughs> for genre, right? Like stupid rules for it. Um, <laughs> legitimately though, uh, if you haven't watched this show on Netflix, go fucking watch it. I know you're probably looking at it and thinking like wrestling. Ugh, these guys, you know, these you like wrestling and that's fine. And but I don't like wrestling and that's what that's what you'd be thinking. But it's so much more than just about wrestling like it ha involves that but it's a really good story with a lot of really good characters uh let's see so uh i went to see uh i went to see uh, it's called the ultimate tour it's called alt alt yeah okay <laughs> now now I, I assume that when you, when you read something like that nowadays, you see alt and like nothing good comes to mind when you see alt. Uh, so I was a little concerned with why they went with that. Uh, but it was uh, live, you know, lightning crashes live. One of one of my favorite bands in the 90s. And uh, sure, don't and, joke about all shows are live when you go. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and Bush uh, also very. I wasn't a huge Bush fan, but the, the first album was good. Uh, so it's the 25th anniversary of throwing copper and Jen and I decide, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to go at the end of the summer and we're going to see, we're going to see live in Bush. She'd already seen live ages ago. I had not. Uh, so for me, this is the first time I'm seeing them after being a fan now for like, you know, 20 some odd years. And, uh, we get there and the eh, crowd is a little, they're already drunk is what I'm getting at. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> and by drunk, I mean like like um, like hammered drunk, like we've been tailgating since since like Tuesday drunk. So I'm already a little like about the crowd. We get to our seats. Everything's chill. Um, uh, the opening act is Our Lady Peace, who were popular in the in the 90s. I, I thought I didn't know anything by them. And I learned something because apparently I knew two of their songs. <laughs> Of this song it was that kind of thing uh but the real problem was that the people that were sitting in our row and the people behind us just it, constant getting up and like you know it's the the seat the seat is so that you have to stand up to let somebody go by Ugh. um yeah, yeah 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 so they're constant like every five minutes somebody's getting up and going and they're coming back with like carafes of wine because it's that kind of show i guess like and like <laughs> and like class yeah right like busting out the wine do you have do you have little sandwiches to go with it like and like you know plastic cups so it's not like classy or anything like that it's like you know it's like it's like white trash class so there's so there's people going back and forth with carafes of wine and the coors light is flowing like water uh I did see a dude literally two fisting White Claw, <laughs> so that would that was like wow. He's not getting calories, right? Like he's just he was just going with reckless abandon. Um, and then all right, so the opening act finishes, and they're 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 whatever. I don't I like I said I only knew two songs, and I didn't know I knew them. Um, so live comes on, and remember, this is twenty five years I've been building up here on this. And uh, now, now musically, they were, they were still musically, they were tight. The band still sounds great. He, uh, no, no, 
Mm. No, all of those, all of those high notes that he used to be able to hit and those harmony kind of things. And no, he's just, he doesn't have the pipes anymore. And now instead of adjusting his voice to, to, so that he could still sing, uh, he just kind of yelled. So if he wanted to hit a higher register, he just yelled louder. Uh, and he did a lot of, uh, he did a lot of letting the, letting the audience sing, which I hate. Like I didn't pay to listen to a crowd sing. I paid to listen to you sing, buddy. Um, so, so this is all going on, and I'm progressively getting more and more disappointed with with how the show is going. And uh, people are still getting up and making me stand when I don't want to stand, and you know, coming back with their wine and Coors Light and White Claw and whatever the fuck else they were drinking. Um, Shout out to the couple random people that must have sparked up somewhere because I smelled you guys too. Um, but uh, I looked at Jen and I was like, we don't have to stay for Bush if you don't want to. So we stayed for about two hours, say, th- you know, three if you count the set change over times. Uh, and then we just noped out on the last band. <laughs> we didn't even bother. So... Uh, so that was my experience with the ultimate tour. Wow. Uh, live was live was terrible. Um, and I'm kind of upset that I even bothered going to see him. And we didn't see Bush. So I, maybe they were great. I have no idea. How does it make you feel like um, your generation or a bunch of assholes? In the theater? <laughs> right? It was, it was uh, no joke. It was the crowd that killed it for me. Like if the crowd hadn't have been so annoying, like, yeah, Gen X, you, you really dropped the ball that <laughs> evening. Like it was just... Like we pulled up and I'm like, who the fuck are all these old people? And then I'm like, wait, dumbass, like you're the fucking old people now. Like these are the same age as you. Like the fuck? Uh oh, oh god, here we go. Here's a little I watched Slender Man, Mike. The one with uh Jessica B. Yeah, no, no, the one that no 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 no. No, the one that you saw, the horrible. Oh, horrible right, 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 that one. Yeah. Uh I watched it. It was on, and I was like, "Oh shit, I'll do it for Mike." How did you? How did you survive that movie? It was. Uh, you remember the scene in Clockwork Orange where they tape his eyes open? They held. They held his eyes yeah, open. That was, yeah. What was going on with me? Sony came over. And That's just... what it felt like with me too, man. Because whoa, I think about fifteen minutes in, I looked at Jen and I was like, "We gotta." I can't. I don't know if I can do it. And she was like, yeah, I don't know if I can either. And I was like, no, if Mike, if Mike made it through it, I got to make it through it for him. And, uh, you are a braver man than I am, dude. Like, damn, uh, what a pile of shit that was. Um, okay. And then two, no, just one random thing here. Uh, so Jim Baker, you know how we talk, we, you know, throw back to the mega church episode. Jim Baker said that, uh, that God had sent two doctors that would cure cancer and they were both aborted. That's some poor planning by God. It is right. Like you would think somebody with the forethought, uh, the, 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 the omni, omnipresence, the omnipotence, omnipotence, omnipotence would, uh, would, uh, you know, planted not have that happen to the two doctors that were going to cure cancer. Uh, but I guess, do we say kudos to Jim Baker for pointing it out that we fucked it up? Like, it's all your fault now, everybody. Um, all right. So that that long. No, wait, I have a Pluto plug. Ooh. Oh, God, I almost forgot. Uh, 
I actually have two Pluto plugs, but I'm not getting to one of them until later. <laughs> uh, yeah, they added 007 channel. You're shitting me. They find no, they finally added a James Bond channel. I was within the last like two or three days, and and it is channel seven. So so how perfect is wow. that? Right. Um, now now you would think that I would be like insanely excited about that, and I am. I am. I think it's awesome. And I was like, they're probably going to have like the same three movies. But on the app, if you go into their free movies section, they have a ton of them. Oh. There's like a whole bunch of James Bonds in there. Um, but you want to know what I was actually more excited about? They got Hot Rod, too. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Hot Rod. I don't have to go get the disc now and I can just sit back and watch it because I love that <laughs> so much love it i'm surprised i didn't okay he was a fan of that comedian i can't think of his name right now yeah and yeah. samberg i'm not i'm not really i like that movie uh i watched the one that he did uh i don't even remember what it was called but he played like a pop yeah. star it was the one that he did after how i didn't like that one particularly uh i've never watched um the the Brooklyn cop show Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, that's it. Uh, I think I maybe watched like 10 minutes of it once, but I'm not a sitcom guy, so I didn't pay all that much attention to it. Uh, I might, I don't know, I might like it if I gave it a shot, but, but Hot Rod is, from open to close, one of like my favorite comedies. I love that movie. I'd like Brooklyn Nine-Nine if he wasn't the star, because although it's supporting okay. cast is awesome. I right, make the show. so it's just him really that <laughs> lessens it yeah. for you. <laughs> All right, so uh, so so now that I'm done jaw jacking here, it's uh, that kept me sane. What kept you sane? Well, today actually I started a new position at my job. So after seven and a half years in the one position, I've transitioned to another. It's it's okay, but it's a job. So hopefully, the yeah. changing of position will keep my sanity. Right. And it, I mean, it'll be something at least new for a little while, you know. Mm. The newness will wear off tomorrow around, I don't know, noon. By the time you clock in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that smell is gone, isn't it? <laughs> Two weeks of playing No Man's Sky, and I can't really say much about it. I'm totally addicted to the game, but I can't put, and I can't put it down, but I could not tell you why other than i'm just addicted to the the skinner box loop and it's pushing some dopamine in my brain that i'm enjoying do you think it's the lack of of direction in the game do you think that it's just kind of like that's almost like pure escapism because there's no story you're just exploring right i've always wanted to explore space and this is Pretty much the yeah. only way you can. Yeah, you know, at least that in depth. <laughs> so I think I really need a new game to wean myself off. <laughs> I am getting the new Nintendo Switch in September. It's the new handheld bottle. So I'm looking forward to that. And I've already bought games because they were on sale, and I was like, I'm not gonna. They're expensive as hell, so I better get them now. Right. If you can find a Nintendo game on sale, you should buy like two copies of each one. I'm just staring at the games and like they'll be fun. <laughs> right. You're like, this is gonna be wonderful when I can eventually play. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Oh, I gotta plug another YouTuber. I'm surprised I haven't yet with how much we've talked about horror. But it's a mm-hmm. dude whose channel is called Ragnarok. So it's R A G N O R R O X. Okay. And he does video essays on all sorts of horror topics and video games and movies and literature. Mm-hmm. And it's great stuff. So he has one series called Monster of the Week where he delves into the stories and philosophy behind different monsters ranging from Pyramid Head from Resident Evil 2 to the AI in the short story, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. One I would suggest people look into because it's going to be an anime on Adult Swim soon is his video on Junji Ito. He's a Japanese manga writer. Is it Uzumaki? Yes. And yeah. specifically that one I was going to say to check out because he's done other videos on the different works of him, of Ito. So, but those who don't know, Uzumaki is a horror story about spiral, spirals that mysteriously appear in a Japanese town and drive people insane. It's got a mix of Cronenberg and H.P. Lovecraft. He's drawn, he's said he's drawn inspiration from H.P. Lovecraft. And Ragnarok's really breaks down brilliant breaks down the story and the symbolism behind it and does he talk at all about the movie because there is a lot yeah he mentions the how it's Maki. horrible like most live action yeah, it's not it's not great adaptation so i would just people watch ragnaroks but also read that magna magna and because it's just so unsettling and such a great horror story and plus you want to be a hipster and read it before yeah. becomes the rage on adult swim like i really loved the concept of it but i hated the movie i blind bought the movie and i just it was bad like it just was not a good movie so the other day when i saw an article that they were making the thing for adult swim and i was like oh finally like i love the story maybe this will be better you know Dito's stuff is brilliantly horrific <laughs> yeah and yeah it's all his stories are just something else and unsettling, as I said before. <laughs> Speaking of unsettling, I believe this Wes Craven's first movie is probably his most unsettling movie, and that would be yeah, I would, I would, I would. The Last House on the Left, even though it jump started his career and got him making the films we love. I think it's an awful and gross handling of the subject matter. Even though it was filmed in the early 70s and the state of society and the, the what was acceptable in film and everything else was different than it is now. And I'm a fan of exploitation films, but not to this nature. I think the this, this supposed social commentary is off because of the way they handled the worst scenes of sexual to- torture cut between two bumbling cops and silly music or the parents making food to a happy-go-lucky pop song. It just makes yeah. the movie really miss the need to uh, the need to handle the subject with the gravity it deserves. And It was just, I felt that trying to be that shock factor of during that su- subject matter, like most sexual ex- exploitation films 
is just a dark period of film. I like the exploitation films, the action ones, or the yeah, 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 yeah. But this one was just—it's too gross. <laughs> it's just all like it is probably one of my least favorite. Like I don't even like it's my least favorite Wes Craven movie, but it might even be one of my just least favorite movies. Mm. Period. Um, I just I I I blind bought it when I first moved out of my parents' house because I was collecting up all of these horror movies finally because like I was working and there was nobody around to tell me not to blow my money <laughs> on dumb shit. <laughs> um, so I would go and get these just stacks of fucking VHS movies because that's how old I am. And the, one of the first ones I bought was Last House on the Left because you know, in your head, you have this list of like iconic horror films that as a movie collector, which is kind of what I am, um, you have to have it in your collection. Uh, so I bought it. I'd never watched it before. Of course I, you know, I knew it was Wes Craven, but that was about as far as I knew. Uh, I brought it back. I watched it and I, I hated it. I hated it. I absolutely couldn't stand it. Uh, I, I felt like I needed a shower when it was done. Now, and I, you can say the same thing about like, um, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like that movie feels mm. really dirty, but it's a different kind right. of dirty. Like, like the Texas Chainsaw is about the locale. Like that's what makes you mm. feel gross. Uh, Last House on the Left makes you feel gross because you're watching like it's not a snuff film, but it might as well be a fucking snuff film. You know, like it's just one of those things that I've always felt doesn't necessarily need to be on film. Right. I think like I don't hate exploitation movies. Um, you know, like I remember like I, I used to own a copy of like I Spit on Your Grave and stuff like which that. Which did it a hundred times better, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. I like I didn't particularly like that movie either, but I liked it more than Last House on the Left. And the the remake is no better. The remake of Last House on the Left is just as bad mm. as the original. That is true. Like, like they they kill the guy at the end by sticking his head in a microwave, <laughs> and 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 nuking his head, and it's the guy from uh, Raising Hope, the 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 main guy or whatever the the, the mm. dad. Um, <laughs> he plays the he plays the main bad guy in the remake, and yeah, they nuke his head. Um, it's the it's the corniest thing I've ever seen. Do they set um, a microwave or frozen and, pizza? I mean, uh, popcorn or frozen pizza or. You know what? I don't even think like you would think that if you're going to go with a concept that stupid, you would at least have that sight gag where they hit like, I don't know, like spaghetti <laughs> and meatballs, you know, some shit like that. I don't know. Something like if you're going to if you're going to hand me shit, put some powdered sugar <laughs> on it first. Like, you know, if you're going to make me eat something horrible, at least sweeten the deal. Uh, but they did not. And they nuked his head and it was god awful. But you know, I didn't like you. Know, I I don't know how anybody could look at that and be like, "Wow, they fucking ruined the original." Did they? <laughs> Did they fucking ruin the original? But yeah, like, so you know, obviously we talk about Last House on the Left, which is his first uh, film that he made in 1972, uh, and we're gonna be discussing everything that doesn't have Nightmare on Elm Street attached to the title. Um, because we're going to do that series mm -hmm. as a whole at a later date. 
we're also not going to talk about the Scream series because I feel like everybody kind of knows that series. Like, it, it's good for what it it's good for what it is. Like, but you know, everybody's talked about it sure. incessantly. Um, so I busted it out into sections. His early movies being I obvious Last House on the Left, uh, The Hills Have Eyes, uh, a movie called Deadly Blessing, which starred Ernest Borgnine, and it took place in an Amish community. It was it was not. I feel like I I hate I hate that I'm going to say this, and I hate doubly so that it's going to be on record <laughs> for me saying this, but. I feel like I feel like a lot of Wes Craven movies that I've watched, and I did watch a bunch of them this weekend. Uh, I had to attach the phrase like well, it was okay, it wasn't great, like Deadly Blessing. Like it was, I don't even know if it was okay. Like I, it's it was not memorable to me in any other capacity than hey, it's Ernest Borgnine, you know, like that kind of thing. Uh, Swamp Thing, the uh, the the often forgotten. Comic book I movie Swamp. Didn't realize he'd uh, that. I know, I know. I think it gets just kind of. I think it just gets. Yeah, I mean, it was Return of Swamp thing, of Swamp Thing more kid friendly? Because I remember that one a lot mm -hmm. clearer. Yeah, and here's the thing, though, because the original Swamp Thing, which I watched yesterday, it's not really. Mm. It's PG. I mean, it's I it's like early '80s PG where you kind of get away with a little bit more, but there was nothing bad about it. Like, it didn't have anything overly like super violent. It was very corny looking. Like, it was very dated looking. So I guess at the time, maybe people would have been like aghast at you know what they see, but not not now. Like, I would watch that movie with the boy and not not really think twice about it and i didn't know this until yesterday because i guess i just never paid attention but swamp thing has david hess in it who is the lead guy from last house on the left uh yeah uh and also in that era he did the hills have eyes too which uh i don't remember anything oh, he about. admitted that he did just for the money he needed money it was for the it had to have been because i don't know anybody that's ever uttered the phrase boy do i love hills have eyes too <laughs> I don't particularly care for Hills Have Eyes one either. I think it, it kind of bores me. Um, what do you, do you like? Have you what What are your thoughts on I, that? I just Hugh Grant. Uh, that. YouTuber I mentioned on a previous episode, Ryan Hollinger, did a great video essay on the Hills Have Eyes. Hmm. He breaks down how it's basically. Well, basically, he says the point might just be to make a film with violence, but the underlying point is that humans like any other animal will do whatever they need to survive and you see the breakdown right. of the one character from a peacenik hippie to violently seeking revenge right so i mean i i like the video on it but i didn't really like the movie <laughs> yeah and the funny thing is like that's another one like he that got a remake of course because what doesn't mm -hmm. um and they took away, if you oddly, it like, feels like weird to say, like they took away the kind of, uh, like you said, the humanity having to survive at no matter what cost from the, the like the 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 bad guys. And like I, I know it's got to be rare for me to say some shit like that because usually I'm like, who needs more fucking story? Uh, but in the remake, all they were were like uh, ir irradiated like mutants, basically, like they lived too close to a testing facility. 
Right. So that's not like and like that's the most overdone fucking thing ever. Like that. Well, the thing about the fucking... remake too is it was shot by a European director. Okay. And it's like like a European looking on the inside of American society because oh. uh the uh, Buffalo Bill there that actor yeah he's yeah, all yeah. he's all um America gung gung ho yes son son in law is. Also a peace, well, not a peacemaker, but a, a pacifist. Yeah, more of a more of a liberal. And yeah, and that's kind of like the whole thing of the movie: the underlying politics of America. Right. <laughs> they kill someone with an American flag. <laughs> that's right. Oh wow! I didn't even. Th- yeah, I guess there is a lot of symbolism in that. I probably would have picked up on it more if I didn't hate the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did watch. Like I said, I did watch Swamp Thing, and it wasn't. It wasn't great. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know what they could have done that would have made it better. And uh, that it's just another one that fell in that line of like, well, it was a movie. Like, it's okay. <laughs> Adrian Barbeau was great. And like, I feel like in a lot of these movies, the pro- I'm saying I would say that the, the casts are good, mm. uh, but the movie maybe wasn't. And that, and that was kind of how it was with Swamp Thing as well. Uh, all right. So that was the early section of his, of his movies. Now we go into our middle section, which has uh, a movie called deadly friend, which I've never, ever, ever seen. Uh, I only wrote it down because, uh, when I used to go to the, here we go. Ready? I'm going to sound old as hell. When I used to go to the video store kiosk in the grocery store, which was, I would die. Yeah, basically, uh, (laughs) Yeah, at the five and dime. Uh, for anybody out there that's going like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> I want you to think of a sunglass hut in the mall. Now, a mall is a place where people used to go to shop for things before Amazon came around. <laughs> and we all realized that we didn't have to leave our fucking houses anymore, which don't get me wrong. I'm all for not leaving the house. But at some point there were malls and there was a lot of people in them. And they would have these kiosks in the center of like where you would walk. And they sold hun- sunglasses, and they called it a sunglass hut. Um, so that was the size of the video store. And, like, one side would have a section of horror, and then there was, like, your action and whatever. And I would go and stare at – for a while, I wasn't old enough to rent them. But I would go and stare at the fucking covers at the horror movies. And that was how, like – like, there's – I don't remember who did the video – I don't think it was good, bad flicks. And I can't, I wish I could remember who it was, but basically how like box art used to be like a really big deal because that's mm-hmm. how you would draw people into watching a movie that they hadn't, you know, they hadn't heard of. They would see something cool and they would be like, Oh, I got to watch that. And that's what fucking happened with me. Like all those things I'm saying, like that I, I felt were like iconic movies that I had to add to my collection. A lot of that shit is stuff that I only saw the box art and I was like, Oh, I need this. Um, so there was Deadly Friend, The Serpent and the Rainbow, which is uh, which is one of my favorites, Shocker, and The People Under the Stairs. So in all, all in all, the middle section is 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 pretty fucking solid. Uh, I watched Serpent and the Rainbow, which is still, it's it, it looks dated. I won't lie, it looks it looks it looks really dated. Um, but I am a sucker for any horror movie that centers around religion, and I mean like any religion. Um, and Serpent in the Rainbow is like right up my alley. And then, you know, Jen was like, oh, I used to watch this movie like constantly. So la- like last night we were watching it like this is fucking 
great, but also terrible. Like there's this, it's like, it's so dated now, but it's still so much fun. And Bill Pullman is fucking great. And I got to give myself a nod there because I didn't say Bill Paxton and fuck that up. I actually said Bill Pullman. Um, he was fucking fantastic in it. And, uh, Oh God, here we go. Are you ready? I'm going to fuck this up. It's, uh, Zakes Mokai. Uh, He's been in so many fucking movies, and if you saw his face, you'd be like, "Oh, that guy." He plays like that. He plays like the big bad in the Serpent and the Rainbow, and he's so fucking good at it. Um, definitely one of my favorite parts of the movie. And I also watched Shocker. And uh, all right, then uh, let's chat. <laughs> so uh, it's corny. Right. Like it definitely feels like an absolute representative of the decade it took place in. Like from the hair metal soundtrack to the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, which Jen was like, Jen was like, I used to have this soundtrack. She <laughs> loved, loved this movie. She had the soundtrack. There was a novelization of the of the movie. If you can even imagine why that was fucking necessary. Um, she said she read it like several times. <laughs> Like I was like blown away. Uh, but yeah, so shocker is about a serial killer who gets electrocuted uh, and basically turns into like, is he electricity? Like he's basically pure electricity, but he looks like, like a TV signal. Show, he looks like TV signal. Yeah. He looks like white noise. Yeah. Um, and it's Mitch, uh, Mitch Pelegi is the guy that plays um, the bad guy in shocker. And you would know him from like, uh, X-Files. Hmm. Yeah, that was probably it's his Peter thing. Berg, not Ethan Hawke. Yes, Peter Berg, is... <laughs> Peter Berg. Peter Berg. I thought it was, uh, he looks like Ethan Hawke to me. <laughs> he does look like, wow, he really does. It's the hair. It's that fucking haircut. And that kind of same vacant expression a little bit sometimes. Like, But man, is that movie, like when he turns into the Barca lounger... And he's like hugging him as the chair. I'm like, what is this? Pee Wee's Playhouse? Like it looked like cherry. Um, it was just so goofy. Like there's all these. Oh, and and okay. Here's 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 one thing that I that I have to I have to point out. Um, I have I have gone online and seen a lot of people talk about the movie Jack Frost. Like we've talked about it when we talked about our Christmas horror movies that we love. Um, Jack Frost is not not a good movie. Like, I think obviously anybody would know that, right. uh, but it's still one of my absolute favorites. But a lot of people that hate that movie are like, oh, the dialogue is so fucking stupid. And there's all these like her, her puns and whatever and shit like that. The f fucking shocker. Anybody who claims that Jack Frost has like horrid, inferior, just God awful dialogue has never watched shocker. Like Mitch Pelegi bites a, fucking guards fingers off and spits them out and says finger licking good <laughs> like i was watching the movie last night and he did that and i was like i did like a spit take like what did he just fucking say um it's fun it did, did it feel long to you yeah, when you were watching it, it yeah oh god i'm glad i'm not the only one because i i was like i think this movie's only like 90 some odd minutes like it's not going to be over two hours and man did it feel like it was over two hours like i i'm glad i own it but i understand why i don't watch it very often um, and again there you go with the west craven movie that falls under the, the 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 banner of like well it was okay like 
Don't forget John Tesh was in it. That's right. That's right. He did. He played the obviously the newscaster. Or like when it's so like weirdly tongue in cheek, like when they're when they run up on like when they're in that section and they're running through like TV channels <laughs> and like they're running up along the car and leave it to Beaver. I think it's like, the rules of that because when you can leave it to Beaver, no one's talking about. It, but when they nobody, yeah, nobody acknowledged well, when it. When they go in the every other channel, too, yeah, they were like, "Who yeah, are the these guys?" Are moving out of the yeah, like moving out of the way, like, oh, "Hey, watch it!" Like shit like that. <laughs> or when they come out through the TV and they're in that family's house hmm. and there's like the really heavy woman eating like is she eating like a bucket of like chicken <laughs> with like the remote in her hand? It's like this this like old kind of like TV sitcom looking like white housewife like with a bucket of chicken and a remote and not getting up off the couch and the kids are into like you know but that was like Wes Craven's kind of assessment of TV culture I guess like maybe that was his movie where he talked about like people's obsession I don't know it just I felt like it could have been done a little I think the dream thing was a little he was kind of Keeping himself on that, he, wasn't he? He was biting himself a little bit there, yeah, because it did have a real Freddy feel to it. Because yeah. the guy knew he was in his dreams? That was another rule yeah. that got broken. Like, what is that? Yeah. Uh, is he actually going to the place, or is he just dreaming it, or does the right. Horace know or not? <laughs> or when he gets the entire football team to basically can commit a B and E and like, and then sabotage the entire power grid for the town. Like that's, I guess that's the kind of football team that you want. Like, you're going to play football. The town, the only person who had a diving mask was that kid. There was, yes. there was no other place to get a diving mask. <laughs> the school didn't have one maybe. Or <laughs> Nowhere around. It was inconveniently located in only one fucking spot. If two people wanted it, they had to share. <laughs> this key part um, to our plot that you have to go yeah. get. It's only available in this one location. No Walmart or Ames so, or something. So what did you watch? Because I know you watched I know you said you watched Shocker. Did you watch any did you watch anything else from the middle era there? The people under the stairs I started watching. That's right. That's right. Well, give me how what did you think like was it the first time you'd watched it in a while yeah i only made it through like 15 minutes of it so i can't really comment too much on it right i just it's another one of those movies that i like but i don't love it's his stuff is very like watching it back and especially now that i've watched like a couple things over the course of the weekend like his stuff is always kind of like it's got like humor to it like weird like slapsticky kind of humor to it because people under the stairs had that kind of like absurdist kind of humor quality to it in certain scenes mm. damn freddy is full of that kind of humor yeah yeah although arguably not so much when wes craven was doing them but he definitely turned into that uh and he, maybe he would have anyway if if wes craven's other movies kind of have that anyway mm. but uh all right so then that would bring us into the later era of his work. Now, obviously, you would have your Scream movies in, in here, but the other ones that, you know, might often get overlooked are uh, Vampire in Brooklyn, uh, Cursed, which is a 
werewolf movie with Christina Ricci that uh, I hate. Uh, I tried to watch it. I tried to watch it once and I was like, this is absolutely fucking terrible. Uh, Red Eye, which is a cool little stalker movie with uh, Killian Murphy uh, that takes place on like an airport and on a plane. So it's kind of got that like real tense Mm. bit to it. Uh, So. Now, obviously, anybody listening wouldn't know this, but when we recorded this episode the first time before it got all screwed up, I had said that I had never watched Vampire in Brooklyn. Well, in my second Pluto plug of the episode, they had Vampire in Brooklyn. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to fucking watch it. I've never watched it. Maybe I'll really like it. And, you know, I'll kick myself for having not watched it um, all this time. Uh, I didn't like it. Uh, again, coming to America with a vampire, <laughs> basically, yeah. Uh, it takes the very basic vampire Dracula premise of him coming over. I did like the twist where um, he was coming from a tribe and searching for a uh, long lost descendant of the tribe, and she was the only one uh, in existence. That was obviously Angela Bassett. Um, the cast is great. Uh, it's got John Witherspoon who plays Craig's father in Friday. Uh, so as soon as he popped up and I heard his voice, I was immediately like ear to ear grinning because he's fucking, he's funny. He's awesome. It's got Kadeem Hardison in it who, uh, he was on a different, different world. Uh, so he was really hot at the time. Um, let's see. Angela Bassett was great in it. Uh, Eddie Murphy played uh, multiple roles. So I guess that's always kind of been his thing. (laughs) He played himself, obviously the vampire. He played a preacher, like a like a holy roller kind of preacher, and he played he played a white Italian guy, like a like a Long Island long hair, greasy Italian kind of would be mobster guy. So that was like I was like, is that Eddie? It is Eddie Murphy. Good on you, Eddie Murphy, like pulling off multiple roles. Um, Mitch Pileggi was in it from Shocker. Uh, Zakes Mokai was in it from serpent in the rainbow. So, I mean, he even used a lot of, you know, like smaller role people in that movie that he had used in larger roles in other films. So like, it feels like he had like people that he enjoyed working with that he kept bringing back. So that was kind of cool. Uh, it, it felt amazingly dated, like amazingly dated, like starting with like just the fashion, which I was, I'm not a fashion guy i don't understand how fashion works i don't know what looks good i know what's comfortable and that's what i go with um man was fashion horrible in the 90s and this movie could be like a like a proof like here you go look you want to see how bad it was like everything was horrible like shirts that look like weird abstract paintings and like just a lot of like a lot of like uh a lot of shoulder big shoulder pat like it was just it's awful Uh, 90s were a horrible time for fashion like I said that to Jen and she just gave me that like, mm-hmm, look, you know, like, so I'm guessing it must have been worse for ladies. Uh, <laughs> um, Eddie Murphy's fucking hair in that movie. He's got like a Billy Ray Cyrus mullet in that movie. And it's just ridiculous. Like it looks so weird and goofy. And I'm going to have to look up and see who did the vampire effects because they looked really similar to the ones that Tarantino used in From Dust Till Dawn. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. if like the same person, like if, if Savini did both or something. Um, but they were definitely very, very similar. Uh, I did laugh a couple times. Like it's it's a comedy more than it's a fucking horror. 
Um, I didn't laugh all that much though. Uh, it's not, it's not great. It doesn't have a real high score on IMDb and I kind of get why. And it's not usually thought of as one of Wes Craven's better films. And I kind of get that too. Like, Mm -hmm. And then there was, like, I set this one aside because uh, it didn't fall into, didn't belong with any of these movies. But he did, like, in proof that he always did odd shit. Like, he did a movie with Meryl Streep called Music of the Heart. Huh. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, and do you remember in the in the 90s when there was that huge push of movies where they would take a... Uh, like a white school teacher and send her into the inner city and, and, and have her save the, save the people, save the schools. Uh, this was one of those movies. Like I, she was a music teacher, obviously from the title. And she went into a, a uh, lesser privileged school and, uh, and, and taught them how to, how to play music. So, I mean, like, I, I don't even like, I don't know. Like, do those count as the kind of movies that you roll your eyes to? Like, I mean, I'm sure they've got to be uplifting for somebody, but I feel like it's mostly uplifting for white people. Right, it's a great white hope. Right, like it's trope. like when, like when they tell the when they tell Scientologists that like everything that they're paying into is going to this, 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 and this, <laughs> but it's really not. Like, I feel like, do you feel like that? That's kind of what those movies are, it's so that white people can be like, well, look, Meryl did some stuff for you. Right, <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer did some stuff. Yeah, what's cool? You'll get the cool song. That's right. <laughs> so I mean. Yeah, that was that was the standout stuff from the later era. What do you do? Do you do you have any movies like I know we're not talking about the screen movies, but I mean, obviously, those were important. Hmm. I, I bowed out. I did not know that Wes Craven directed all of those. Thought he only directed the first one. I guess I just wasn't paying attention. Uh, but I kind of bowed out of that series when they killed Randy in part two. Right. Yeah, he was like my favorite character. So, uh, God, when do you think anybody has ever said that about Jamie Kennedy? You know, Jamie Kennedy was my favorite character in that whole movie. That has never, ever been uttered before. Where is he? I don't think he a long time. He did. He did one of those Tremors movies not that long ago. I think he might be tied onto that franchise now. I think he might do multiple. That was okay for a bad movie. Was it? I, I know it was on, but I was like. Yeah, the later Trevor movies are keeping that one actor employed. Although oh, might... the guy from Family Ties? Yeah, he might have died, yeah. though, in the last one. No, I think, oh, did they really kill him? They'll bring him back. He's their cash cow. Right, he's, I think he's, he's the, the hardest series. Why don't you wrap us up, Aaron? Oh, all right. So, everybody, this was our Wes Craven episode. It was a little bit longer time-wise getting to you than we wanted to. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed it. We hope you enjoyed it. It was fun. It was actually, you know, it was fun to, to go back and have a couple extra days and watch the movies and, you know, kind of get some opinions on some shit. I either hadn't seen in a while or hadn't seen at all. And, you know, we learn stuff here sometimes. It's fun. (laughs) Uh, uh, Mike, if the people wanted to find you on social media, how would they do it? They would go log on to Twitter and search for at Medic 5 by 5 And while you're there, if you wanted to find me 
on Twitter, you would go to at a Thomas 1978. Until next time, we hope you have a great week or however long it is in between now and when we <laughs> talk to you again. Have a great one. Uh, <laughs> Mike, say goodnight to everybody. Good night, everybody. Later, y'all.